And our first question of this Q&A comes from uh, one of my mutuals, one of my um, people that follow me, all that stuff. I think I follow them back. If not, I gotta start. Uh, Deadly Dan at the Man's Banks wants to know, do I have any other interests besides professional wrestling? Like anything else? No, no, uh, I'm just I I have I have quite a few. Um, not quite as passionate on those things as I am about wrestling. Really, the things I'm most passionate about right now, and really wrestling is kind of falling away. Side right now is just me living the best life that I can right now, and just you know, like the years I've suffered through depression. My main interest is just taking care of myself, which is one of the reasons I'll get into my first thing. Um, I just started smoking weed about two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Um, got a vape pen right here. And uh, honestly, I feel like, and this is not, and this used to be coming from someone who was always lived by straight edge. Uh, CM Punk was one of my favorites because of that, you know, before I knew about you know, certain drugs, because, you know, back when we were taught, you know, all drugs are bad, and, you know, and to be fair, all but one drug, <laughs> the rest of them are bad, I'll just say that, um, tobacco sucks, alcohol sucks, the shit that they do to your body, um, and, you know, the death rates on that are astronomical, and the fact that that stuff's always been legal is just, you know, but that's our society. That's how it's always been. And you go to every other drug. I just don't see the appeal to it. And then you have others that will just kill you. And steroids um, make your dick tiny. So fuck that shit. My dick's already small enough. So I'm smoking weed. And it's been wonderful. I'm not saying it's all great. I mean, you're not going to be as crisp <laughs> if you're doing hard, high performance stuff. But mentally, I've been better. Emotionally, better. You know, it gives me a good time to relax and calm down. In fact, I'll take a hit right now real quick. You can hear it then. So yeah, like, it's, um, it's good. Like, I'm enjoying it. Um, it's ex oh yeah, another, um, con about that is it's expensive as fuck. <laughs> Especially being in California. Um, you know, because I don't have a prescription for it, so I'm just paying uh, but outside of that, like, every once in a while, I always catch up on um, basketball, NBA, because I follow a lot of NBA-related channels. I follow Dom2K. I'm subscribed to him. I'm subscribed to the NBA Storyteller. If you haven't heard of the NBA Storyteller, some of the best YouTube content, like, ever, like, I've ever seen on that site, you need to go. Um, it's been a while since he's posted a video. But it's because he puts so much time and so much effort into them. It's ridiculous. Like, he, he deserved, like, he got, like, nominated for, like, an NBA, like, award. Like, NBA YouTube award. And, like, the rest of them had, like, 3 million, 10 million, 20 million subscribers. He had, like, 50,000. But that is just how fucking good he is. Needs more subscribers. He needs more exposure. Um, he's incredible. You know. Um, also catch up a little bit on football, mostly due to Ch Chiseled Adonis and my grandma, who's a huge football fan, so, but neither of them matter because we got a virus out here taking all that away, so, thankfully the NFL season already ended, so it's all good. Also, my amazing, amazing girlfriend Asia 
at Pettiest Boss. Also introduced me to the television show You. Um, I'm not a big TV guy. I'm not even a big movie guy. But there are some shows that I will definitely watch. And You is the first show that I can recall being fully sucked into. Where I'll I'll watch episodes. I'll rewatch episodes. Like I couldn't get into Game of Thrones. I couldn't get into like even like like around the last seasons of Archer. I was tuning out. Like I just don't. I just can't find myself to care because again, I care so much more about wrestling, about everything else, my job, my you know school, everything going like that. I usually don't take the time for that stuff, but you is worth it. It it hooks you, it sucks you in so quickly, and it's it's an amazing show. I I love it. One of the um, people who play one of the pretty little liars is on there. Plays a certain character. Also, you have John Stamos on the show at one point. So. You got some familiar names, but you also, you know, you got your new actors, and it's just, it's a brilliant show. I love it. Um, it's really about it. Like, again, like, I'm on here, you'll see, oh, and I love music. Um, any genre, like, a uh, huge hip-hop head since, like, I was eight, eight or nine years old. Always just gravitated towards that, metalhead, um... Like, Rage Against the Machine, Megadeth, Metallica, Tupac, Biggie, um, well, Nas before he became problematic as fuck, um, Wu-Tang, Ghostface Killer, Jizza, RZA, Mastic, well, not Mastic, I'm just naming the Wu-Tang Clan members now, not all of them were that good, especially Capadonna, he sucked, but, you know, uh, Misfits, Minor Threat, I I can go on forever, as far as my music tastes go. Other than that, like that's about like that's about it, honestly. So, anything that you'll see on Twitter, for the most part, is basically like that's me. Um, I also used to play basketball a little bit, so like, uh, I I'll still go out every once in a while. I was also a high school wrestler, so every once in a while you'll see me like maybe retweeting or liking tweets about like my school winning, like because my high school um, is fucking killing it right now, so. Every once in a while, I kind of keep up with what they're doing. So, yeah. That's about it. Um, anything on my Twitter or my YouTube, that's that's who I am. I'm pretty simple and pretty bland. Uh, but thank you for asking. Deadly Dan, you're awesome. Uh, one of the deadlies that aren't on crack, like me. You know, I, I say that as I just started talking about drugs. But, you know, yeah, thank you, Deadly Dan. I appreciate your question, and thank you for your time. Never mind that, because I have to continue with this because I forgot about my one of my biggest passions and one of the things that I do the most when it comes to wasting my life, which is video games. I, video games have, like, again, and that's another reason why I don't, I'm not into TV or movies that much because I'm too stuck on my goddamn PlayStation 2 that I've had for the past seven years, and my PlayStation 4 and GameCube, like, I... Have, I, I used to have a whole collection before I um, sold them all. Got 50 bucks out of that, which is nice. Um, just every SmackDown vs. Raw game, every SmackDown game, uh, Day of Reckoning, like, all those wrestling games, um, up to, like, even now when I, you know, when it, when it was 50% off and someone gave me a PlayStation card, I even picked up WWE 2K20. It's, it's garbage, but I got it. Um... Fire Pro Wrestling World is, like, probably the game I put the most hours into. Um, in between that, GTA V, 
I'm playing SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain right now, in the background, like, uh, video games, I, I, I saw a tweet from Dan, like, he said he would be lost without video games, that would be me, I'd be lost, <laughs> I would be lost without that, that's like, you know, that's my go-to, if I'm not working out, if I'm not doing, like, doing, doing college homework, if I'm not doing a podcast here, if I'm not talking with Asia, Jarvis, Brandon, all those people. I, I got a fucking control in my hand all the fucking day. Um, Mortal Kombat games, GTA, San Andreas, um, Donkey Kong Country. I, I unfortunately do not have, um, haven't taken the taken the time to build up money to get myself a an actual Super Nintendo. But I, I got the ROMs. I got the emulate. Like you know, I got the the shit on my phone. Donkey Kong Country. Um, Super Punch-Out for SNES. All that stuff. I'm a fucking dork. Um, not even a dork. I'm not even a good dork. I don't even have that much knowledge. I just, I just, you know, I just like stupid shit, and I just, you know, that's what I do. I play, like, like, I'm playing Here Comes the Pain right now. I'll probably be falling off the building of Times Square as, like, I don't know, like, should I play as, play Scott Steiner. (laughs) Do that. Like, you know, you know, I, I, like, video games are my chance for me to be who I am, and that's, like, dumb. Uh, it's my chance to be dumb, to be dumb and happy, um, in my little world, you know, so, yeah, that's another huge, huge passion of mine. Um, also used to be, um, creative writer, had, um, I got halfway done with, uh, one book before I scrapped it, might get back to it. Um, I've never been a big reader, but I love writing. I love, like, creating a world, creating, like, something on a pen and paper, like, with a pen and paper. I, I used to love it more, but, like, I'll probably definitely pick it back up soon. You know, it's just, you know, certain passions you get kind of wane. Some of them come back later. It is one of those, but yeah. So those are, those are some of my passions, and... I'll I'll leave you with that. I'll probably think of other ones as I go, but you know, that's those are the big ones. So, thank you for your question, Oz. Asia, what's up? How you doing? Probably not too well, actually. I I should not be asking that because um, you're with your family right now. That sucks. I'm so sorry. You have to go through that. Um, like, hopefully they don't spread that shitty virus to you. All that good stuff. But at pettiest boss. Petty EST boss. Uh, you should know her by now. If you don't, I don't know why, how you follow me. Uh, she asks, can you put my soul into a tree? Take my soul out and put it into a tree. See, uh, with your white privilege powers, may I add. Now, yes, I, I, I am in fact a whitey. I am a whitey. And, um... I have I have not very me- uh, melanated skin. Um, the amount of mel- uh, melanin I have is uh, uh, zero. So I am a whitey, and white people in this country have a lot of privilege. And um, you know, like not getting the shit out of us by the uh, getting the shit kicked out of us by the police, and you know, being able to walk outside without uh, fearing that, well, they're gonna get the shit kicked out of them by the police. Um, and all that stuff. Um, so I have some privilege. 
I have not flexed my privilege enough to the point where I can make a deal with Mother Nature, though. And I'd have to go up to Mother Nature and be like, Hey, Nature. See this, uh, see this girl here, Asia? Take her soul out. You see that tree right there? Take that soul. Put it right in there. I mean, what's that tree going to do anyway? It's just, just there to, like, you know, give us oxygen and all that good stuff. And I, I, what I'm saying is I've had to make quite a few mo big moves before I level up to Mother Nature and her ways. Because she's going through some shit right now. We got a virus going on. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, so she probably won't look at someone like me um, and be like, sure, yeah, we're going to take this girl. We're going to take her soul out and put it into a tree. I'm sure I could do it because I am indeed white. Um, and, you know, this world, um, you know, it rewards shitty white people like me because we are shit. We're terrible. We're the actual worst. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what, um, you see, you, uh, I will, uh, I'll say this to answer your question. Never say never. If someone tells you that something is impossible, tell them the fuck off. Because I don't care what it is. If it's if it's telling me not to think that I have the ability to telekinetically take Asia's soul out and just transform it into a tree, um, that's uh, you're just a hater. You're, you're just a hater. That's all I'm gonna say. You know, you're you're just hating on my. You're just hating on me. Um, you know. And all that shit. Uh, be jealous, as uh, Miz would say. Yeah, never say never. I will do my best to get my white privilege points, my white privilege attributes up to 10. Or to 100. And maybe by then I will unlock some badges, um, unlock some abilities that will allow me to talk to Mother Nature, make a little deal, make a little bargain... And, um, make you into a tree. I know that's your dream. I know that's been your goal since age five. Well, okay, probably since, like, five months ago. But still, it's been a dream of yours. Um, I want to do whatever I can to make that for you. To make that happen for you. It might take a while, though. I'm just saying, it might, it might take a while. But never say never, though. Never say never. Thank you for the question, Asia. Okay, here we go. Brandon Best, my uh, my cap and captain uh, cohort, my uh, pro wrestling Eve watching, death match watching, other stuff that rhymes with watching. Amazing human being, amazing friend, Brandon Best. Uh, get in the pit. This is a name. I don't know why that is, but it is what it is. At Brandon Best asks me. What is my favorite match of all time, strictly from an in-ring standpoint? Now, my tastes in wrestling have changed a lot in the past six, seven months, but in this past year, it's changed a lot throughout the years. I've had multiple matches that I've said were either the best or one of the best or in that top five, top ten category. I'm gonna go to like storytelling matches. I think of like Alistair versus Velveteen Dream. Uh, 
I think of Shawn Michaels Undertaker WrestleMania 25. And then I look at like technical wrestling masterpieces. I look at Benoit versus Angle from Rumble 2003. I look at like the strong style spectacles like Kazuchika Okada versus Katsuyori Shibata. Um, like there are so many like tag matches, women's matches, uh, matches that meant a lot to me personally because I was there and I was a huge fan when I was there and I have great memories of it. Like, let's say AJ versus Caitlin at Payback 2013, even though the match itself is not that great. Me as an AJ fan watching it, it hooked me in and sucked me in more than most matches I've seen in my life. Um, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks at TakeOver Unstoppable was like, I damn near shed a tear. It's the only time I've really shed a tear during a wrestling match. And it's when, it became, when I became the Becky Lynch, Mark, Stan, idiot that you know today. So, like, and I've, I used to be a technical wrestling fan. I used to be more into, like, into the high flyers. Now I'm more like, give me a good story, give me great characters, and I'll be hooked. But I still have an appreciation for in-ring talent, for technical wrestling, for hardcore, submission-based, catch wrestling when done right. Um, the high flyers, to an extent, I've got, I'm kind of tired of that shit, but it is what it is. It's fine. It's the way of the business right now. But strictly from an in-ring standpoint, if I look at what they did and, like, like just everything they did to captivate that crowd with the moves they did, with just the crispness, the, like, everything involved. If I had to look at one match and show someone and be like, hey, these are two great professional wrestlers that you need to idolize and, like, study and all that shit. I think... Honestly, I think I'll tell you Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. I think I'm going to go with that. I think it has everything to it. You have the high flyer and Shawn Michaels. You have, like, the death to fire. He has an amazing story to it. And you have Kurt Angle. As far as, from a peering ring standpoint, probably the best ever. Um, could do it all. Could uh, He could fly. He could... He was the best, like, grappler, like ground like ground based wrestler we've had he's a fucking olympic gold medalist for god's sake so of course he is he had it all um it's it's really between that and like i said before ben versus angle royal rumble 2003 strictly from an in-ring standpoint those two matches like damn near flawless i would say just incredible like just yeah, I think I'll go with those. Uh, oh, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, Halloween Havoc, also a by default. It has to be up there because I, uh, anytime I see that match or I see it in my mentions, I'm gonna watch it because it's it's a fucking classic. It's incredible, the best lucha match I've ever seen. Like to me, it's the best lucha match of all time. You know, just to me, like without question, it, it, to me, like to me, it's just like that is the pinnacle of Lucha Libre wrestling that I've seen. I've watched AAA. I've watched CMLO. Maybe not all of it, but I've seen a lot of it to where, like, none of it matched what Eddie and Ray did in that ring. It was flawless. It was crisp. 
it was it was perfect. But if I had so I'm gonna go between these three: Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 21; Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle, Royal Rumble 2003; and Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio, Halloween Havoc. I think I'm gonna go Eddie Ray. I'm gonna go Eddie versus Ray. I I think in strictly by any ring standpoint, I think that is the best match I've ever seen and the best match of all time. But my opinions change a lot. It'll probably be something probably it'll probably be something different for me in a week, maybe in a day. He'll probably in ten minutes. I'll probably change my mind. But right now. I'm going to say Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio from Halloween Havoc 1997 is the greatest in-ring match to ever take place in professional wrestling. Magic in that ring. You know, um, I have, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring up a few honorable mentions off the top of my head. You know, like, shit, we can go down the list. Fucking Nakamura versus Ibushi, Wrestle Kingdom 9. We could go with, like, just, like, Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, WrestleMania 19. Um, really any of Benoit and Angle's matches. Uh, like, shit, any of Ishii's matches. Uh, Ishii versus Okada. Um, as far as the women's side, as far as an in-ring standpoint, any of Sasha Banks' matches, because she can do it all. Um... Like, just incredible. Like, I'll, I'll, but I'll go with Eddie Ray. To me, it's untouchable. Thank you for the uh, question, Brandon. You're the man, as per usual. And yeah, thank you. Abel Herrera, my boy, the beacon of light of Twitter. Thank you for giving me a question. Because, God, Twitter sucks without you since Chrissy's gone. We need someone who's not a complete petty piece of shit. Someone who's actually a good person. Thank you, Abel. Keep being you. Uh, Abel Herrera asks me, huh, what, is there any place you could buy toilet paper online at a reasonable price? Uh, All right, and I think I'm going to close it off with Dominique Adams, uh, the sadistic fuck that he is. Um, he hasn't been quite as sadistic lately. He doesn't have anyone that I hate on his profile pic. He has Velveteen Dream, and he is all behind Velveteen Dream for NXT Champion, which I'm right there with you. He's the face of NXT. He's the best thing, in the, like, in one of the best things in the company. Um, he's awesome. So he has three questions because he's a G. I should never say that. But he's a fucking G. He's awesome. Um, first one. Oh, Jesus. Uh, ready to go to memory lane? First question. What is my least favorite Becky Lynch moment? Oh, my God. So, we could go down the... Okay, so... We can go down the list as Becky fans. We know right off the bat, like, the... The worst of the worst moments of hers, like her NXT debut of her doing the fucking Irish jig and being a stereotype, to, like, uh, when Becky and Sasha had that match in Brooklyn on Raw, and the fans were chanting boring, and all that stuff. 
like it, like the stupid shit with Becky Lynch and her injury during the road to WrestleMania was dumb. We hated it. Um, the Becky Seth stuff was hit or miss. Um, there's just a lot. Like all of 2017, we could say. Um, you know, just in general. But I think her worst. Oh, and it, oh God, don't even get me. Really, for me, there are two feuds that come to mind when I think of Becky at her worst. Not at her worst, but where she was given the worst. Her feud with Alexa Bliss and her feud with Natalia. And, oh boy, it's um, a lot of those Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch moments. I enjoyed the feud. I enjoyed the back and forth between the two. But looking back at what happened in the feud with how quick Becky's title reign was, what Alexa Bliss would end up doing after that, and how disappointing she would end up being. I'm sorry. Um, a lot of the, like, to me, I'll give you a few. First one that comes to mind immediately, the cage match on SmackDown with Alexa and La Luchadora. That shit sucked. And that shit was bad. It didn't get over. It was bad for Mickey James. It didn't do anything to help her out. Because she just came back at a takeover to face Asuka, where, yeah, it was after that insane tag match, but the crowd was still into it, and they still respected Mickie James as that legend. Meanwhile, you have her being basically Alexa's bitch. And that didn't work out well, and she, thankfully, she didn't become the women's division version of Brian Kendrick right now, which, because, honestly, Brian Kendrick... I feel like sometimes I honestly forget he works for the company. Sorry. Sorry, Ken. Sorry, Kendrick. I love you. Um, loved you as the Brian Kendrick 2008. But, yeah, no. But, yeah, that one comes to mind immediately. I don't even want to say TLC because, like, I mean, Alexa won. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, the injury stuff for the build-up to Mania 35 was so fucking bad. Like... I mean, Becky made it like made it work, but like, damn, you really had to like unnecessarily handicap her during that fucking build. It was dumb, but we got what we wanted anyway. So I'm not gonna put that up there. That's that'd be stupid. Um, but really, it was 2016 before she got to SmackDown was garbage. Um, after WrestleMania, she, she was gonna go into a feud with Emma, which looked to be pretty good and pretty promising, and then they just scrapped it for Natalia. The literal worst. The definition of shit. The definition of cringe. The just... The virus of professional wrestling, if you will. The virus of that women's division that still lingers and they haven't found a cure for. And that they'll never find a cure for because she just doesn't fucking leave. But, having said, the feud. Becky and Natty were friends and all that stuff from their days in Japan and their days on the Indies and all this stuff. And Becky, you know, she's she already been turned on by Charlotte. Um, she like, like she'd already been turned on by Charlotte, already been turned on by Paige. So now she's gonna go and trust another friend, another friend. Oh yeah, I got turned on by Becky too, or by Sasha, sort of. And 
Becky's hair was all off. It was all light and shit. And Becky and Natty, like, they were tagging, and they didn't matter because anything Natalia does gets dragged down to the bottomless pits of hell. And then, of course, Natty turns on her, and Natty basically wins the feud, beats her like she's nothing. And it's like, you're getting the shit kicked out of you by Natalia, and you're looking like a dumb, gullible babyface. You're looking like a dumbass, an idiot. When I think of Becky and Natalia, that's when I think of Becky at her lowest as far as, like, her as a babyface, how dumb her character looked, how just... How could anyone get behind Becky like this? I mean, we did because we knew what fucking talent she had, and we knew she was better than this bullshit, which is why fucking backlash happened, and the build-up to that, and the night of, all people cared about was Becky getting that belt. No one else. Not not a goddamn other soul. It was about Becky Lynch, and she got it. She finally got her just due. But man, was it fucking rough getting there. That Natalia feud was the... Dirt worst. Oh fuck, I have one more. In fact, if you want to go by one moment, I'll say this. To me, the Natty feud was the bottomless like the bottom, like the dirt worst. But if you want to go by one specific moment, Ric Flair kissing her at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it don't, it don't get any worse than that. Forcibly kissed, may I add. And then she loses the match. And then she gets attacked by Sasha, and then she's the third wheel, and no one cares about her. Yeah, that night, I mean, the feud was the feud was good, but man, a lot of stuff that happened on the night as a Becky fan was not fun. As a Sasha fan, it was awesome. And it was great seeing Sasha like that, but damn, Becky getting kicked to the curb like that. Meanwhile, she just got kissed by a goddamn old fuck. Yikes. Not good. Not good at all. But yeah, that's your first question. Your second question is, if you had to pick one person who should have taken the title from Miss Becky Lynch. Oh, fuck. What's going on? Oh, there we go. Okay. Sorry. Uh, something happened there. But anyways, um, the second second question from Dominique. If you had to pick one person who should have, who sh- should have maybe taken the belt off of Becky Lynch during this incredibly amazing, incredibly long title reign she's having right now, who would it be, Sasha Banks or Asuka? Now, I, I think we can all agree, of her title reign, the last two feuds she had, she's had, not counting Shayna, with Sasha and Asuka, is, have been the best stuff of her title reign. And that's the surprise to no one, because the, story she, the stories she has with both of those women, both of those women, like, you can't beat that. Shayna Baszler ain't gonna beat that by becoming a vampire and boring, like, putting the crowd to sleep. She, like, even when you book her well and she looks like a monster, you're not beating out Sasha and Asuka. Uh, Lacey Evans, <laughs> she ain't, she didn't fucking do that. I don't care if it was her rookie year. See how shit she is now? Fuck me. Fuck Lacey Evans. Um, N- Natalia, fuck Natalia. Becky made her relevant. End of story. If I had to pick one, though. While Asuka would have been a good story, it would have made sense. It would have made sense that, like, she's, like, that one person that Sasha, like, that Becky couldn't beat, like, at the Rumble. She never forgot about Rumble 2019. Like, Asuka has never, like, she's never beaten Asuka. Asuka's her kryptonite. But to me, 
Becky's bigger kryptonite back then was Sasha Banks. Because when you go before 2018 Clash of Champions and 2018 Hell in a Cell, Becky has never, throughout three or four years, before, uh, four, like four or five years, from 2014 to 2019, around that time, Sasha and Becky have had like seven or eight matches. Sasha has won every single one of them. Becky was Sasha's bitch in Team Bay. She was the she was the sidekick. She broke out, but she still couldn't beat Sasha. Sasha basically controlled her. Like Sasha was the one was the one thing. There was, if there was anyone that could take the man, Becky Lynch, and bring her back down to where she used to be. Back to her place in Team Bay as a sidekick, as a non-factor, it would be Sasha Banks. So to me, the story of Sasha Banks basically mentally fucking with Becky and then beating her too as well. And just like Becky, she's trying all her man stuff. She's like, you know, she's coming at Sasha in a different way, but Sasha's always one step ahead. She's sneaky. She's vindictive. She's condescending. She like, she gets in your head. Like Sasha could be that one person that Becky can't get in the head of. And Sasha beats her. Now that would be a whole different story. It'd be like, you still have not stepped out of my shadow. I I left. Like, like I, I may have left. I may have been in the tag division, but I'm still the boss around here. It also would have been better because Sasha was not in a tag team with holding the tag team titles. If, if Asuka beat Becky at the Rumble, it would have been cool and all. But you still got those fucking tag titles to defend. And Kyrie's out here getting screwed. Kyrie's out here getting screwed anyways. And if I talk about that Kyrie story, I'm going to get fucking pissed. And I'm going to fucking let loose on Charlotte again. Because you motherfuckers need to goddamn use Kyrie Sane at this point. Because I'm getting really fucking tired of this. But. Point is, I will take Sasha over Asuka. But those are definitely the two best options. They were the two best options that they have. And now, honestly, I guess Naya. I guess it has to be Naya. As long as she ain't gonna fucking injure five people in a row, fuck it. Because they ain't gonna be Shayna. Like, Shayna is just not connecting on that level right now. She does not feel like the one to beat Becky after all the people that Becky has beaten. Her resume, she needs to lose to someone huge. Shayna's not that. She's not. Naya, the only claim she has is what she did to Becky in 2018. But honestly, to me, that's more than what Shayna has at this point. And then, of course, you have Ronda. And I already talked about why Ronda should not be back. Um, but if she does come back, she'll be the one to beat her. That's just how it is. But yeah, that was, um, that's the second part. And now for the last part of this. Why does Natalia exist? You know why Natalia exists? I don't know. I don't know why such evil on this earth could exist. I don't know if there is a God on this earth or if there is a God in this world. Why? I mean, forget the murder, like the, forget all the horrible, horrible things that happen on this earth, like murder, rape, manslaughter, like 
just everything. War, poverty, you know, coronavirus. Well, you know, bad things for sure. It's horrible things, terrible things. But to think that, that God would stoop so low and create something, someone, so just unbelievably trash. Almost mind-blowingly garbage. Natalia, there is there's nothing good about her. There's nothing good about her. In the ring, she sucks. She is overrated. She she has like maybe six, seven moves. She has a German suplex, a shitty discus, discus clothesline, a sharpshooter. Oh, she got lied. That's all she has. That's all she has. She ain't got nothing else. Does she tell any story in the ring, though? Um, her promos, um, I want to kill myself. I want to rip my ears out. I want to take my eardrums and take them out and throw them in a trash can. I don't want to listen to this woman. She is the definition of, like, the Divas division used to be a piss break because, you know, they weren't treated right. They would have five-minute matches. No. Natalia, whether she's going two minutes or four minutes or five minutes or ten minutes or twenty minutes or thirty minutes, she is a living, walking piss break. That is Natalia. Why does Natalia exist? Because maybe God hates us. Maybe God hates us. And maybe God in particular hates wrestling. I mean, Vince McMahon owns wrestling, as we all know. And we all know Vince McMahon hates God. He beat God at Backlash 2006 in a handicap match, after all. So, how is the almighty God going to strike back Vince McMahon with great vengeance and furious anger? One year later, Natty Neidhart debuts. This would be his ultimate revenge. Because Vince McMahon, he screwed Bret Hart. And at this point, I feel like he is doing everything in his power to make up for what he did in 1997. So God said, let there be a heart. And there was a heart. Except this heart was just... Sucked the life out of the Divas division, out of women's wrestling. Um, during the Divas, uh, give Divas a chance thing, Natalia was just there being her vindictive self. Everyone says she's so nice, but she'll go on shoot interviews and trash them for being not hardworking and all this other bullshit. And there have been people that have confirmed in the past that Natalia and Beth and, and all those people back in the women's division, they were vindictive, selfish all that shit. Untold Divas, she's a fucking bitch. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Like, there's just, there's no positive to this woman. To this, this thing. I, I this, this thing. I don't know what the thing is. Why is it here? Because Vince hates God. That's why. That's my short and simple answer. Why does Natalia exist? Because Vince hates God. He beat him at Backlash. And God 
always gets the last laugh. There you go. Fuck Natalia. Fuck everyone that likes Natalia. Fuck her face. Fuck her legacy. Um, fuck her cats. Fuck every time she yells and screams, yay, at the top of her lungs. Um, fuck that same stupid, same old bullshit attire that she's been wearing for the past four years and probably hasn't washed in four years. It has all the heart stink all over it. Fuck her promos. Fuck her matches. Um, fuck the fact that Tyson Kidd, TJ, will never get a woman better than her. And that's sad and, and just, it's depressing. Um, fuck Natalia. Fuck Natalia. One day she will retire. Hashtag retire Natty. And when that day happens, me, you, Dominique, Asia, Jarveris, Tony, John, throw Ashton in there. Why not? Throw Chiefin in there. Throw Chance in there. We are all throwing the biggest party ever. I will bring cake. I'll bring cookies. I'll bring pie. I'll bring it all. Because the day Natalia retires, pro wrestling gets its wings back. An angel, uh, they say an angel gets his wings. Um, when, when Natalia retires, the wrestling business flies once again thank you for your time today and yeah that's about it see you guys later peace what we like we expecting an outro or something pocket podcast is over you, you can go now there's nothing here bye like good tpa recognized there you go happy all right podcast over You're still here? What? X. X. Out of this tab or whatever you're doing. Go. Bye. It's over. Nothing to see here. Can you get out? Like, I, I have stuff to do.